Normally, Easter time, we read the account of Easter. So I'm going to go to Luke chapter 24. I'm just going to read it and we will take off from there. Is that okay? Give your neighbor a Bluetooth wave and, and, and say, I am glad to be sitting next to you. Hallelujah. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Because in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of what? Hallelujah. If you are happy and you know it, clap your hands. Hallelujah. Okay, so you are alive. Now, on the first day of the week, Sunday morning, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them with shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Hallelujah. He is not here but risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his word. Then they returned from the tomb and told all, the, all these things to the eleven and to the, all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, and he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. The realities of the resurrection. The realities of the resurrection. Hallelujah. In Christendom, in the church today, we like to give the account of, and we emphasize so much on the account of uh, the death and the resurrection. We, account, we like to emphasize on, on the account of Jesus' works and the things that he did. And we do that normally from the Synoptic Gospels because that is what we base everything on. Hallelujah. Without going into the reasons, the whys and the hows. Hallelujah. I, I believe that the whys and the hows will give us a stronger foundation of our faith. Am I talking to somebody? The reasons why things happen or the, the intricacies or, or, or the basis, God's wisdom and, and God's uh, plan, the purpose and everything. If we can understand it, then we can understand where God wants us to have our faith go. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? And so today, rather than uh, fixing my attention on the story, I want us to look at the reality, the reasons, the whys, the house. Amen. Why did Jesus have to die? 
Hallelujah. Why did he have to pay the price? Why did he do what he did? And how did he rise from the dead? And what is the significance of his resurrection to you and I? What does the Easter story mean to you and I? Why should we celebrate Easter? I thought we said just celebrated Christmas. And it's enough for us to celebrate Christmas. And especially for you and I today, looking back a year on with the pandemic, a year, around a year ago this time, uh, uh, COVID-19 was kicking off. We had just been locked down. Everything looked as if, you know, it's only going to last for a little while and then this will come back to normal. We had hope. And one year on, we look at it. Many more people have died. Many have been infected. In fact, a year ago, a, a statistic said that only about 20,000 people had been infected with COVID-19. As of this morning, over 3 million people worldwide. Hallelujah. No, over 3 million people are dead worldwide. So can you imagine from just about 20,000 people infected, not dead, to 3 million and counting dead? Hallelujah. So you see, it, it looks like, where is this Jesus? Where is this God? If God is God, how come he didn't do something about this uh, uh, pandemic? What is this resurrection that you are celebrating Easter at a time like this when the world has been devastated? We don't even know. They would say there's a, a vaccine, but we, don't, we still haven't seen the end of COVID-19. So, Mr. Preacher, don't tell me about Jesus dying and being resurrected. I want you to give me something that I can face tomorrow with. I want you to give me something that will stand me in a better stead to understand what this, this whole life is about. Hallelujah. And so, I, I want to depart from the tradition of just talking about the Easter story and, and, and feeling, making ourselves happy to really understand what this whole thing is about, what the plan is about. And to, for us to understand the plan and the purpose of God, we'll have to go back to Genesis chapter 3. Hallelujah. We'll have to go back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says that there was a discussion a conversation took place. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, and the Lord had that, that which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said to you, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of, of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, we shall not eat, nor shall we touch it, lest we die. Hallelujah. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of this, of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree that it was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate and gave it gave to the husband with her 
and he ate. Hallelujah. And their eyes were both open and they knew that they were naked and they sowed fig trees together and made themselves coverings. Hallelujah. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden on the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called out Adam and said, where are you? <laughs> and he said, I heard their voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Hallelujah. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Then the man said, the woman you gave me to be with me, she gave me the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said, what is this that you have done? Do you know the implications of this act? Do you know the devastation that you have unleashed onto the world? Do you know the sicknesses, the diseases, the, 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 the uh, uh, life-threatening diseases, life-threatening uh, uh, issues that you have unleashed on the world? What is this that you have done? So you see, Everything that we are going through as, as, as uh, human beings, everything that we suffer, it is what we brought upon ourselves through high treason and through disobedience. We ceded our dominion and our power and our uh, God-given authority to Satan. Amen. The Bible says that Satan came in the form of a serpent and had a conversation with man. And he said, has God, you see, Satan is very subtle. He said, has God told you that you can't eat at all? Did he not know the answer? He knew the answer that God didn't say you can't eat at all. All God said is that use your will wisely. Use your will to eat everything. And the thing that I have told you not to eat, just obey it. Freely. See, if God, somebody said that, why did God put the tree in the garden? Why didn't he take the tree out? So that all this problem will be over. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if God had done that, then we'll become robots. We will not be human beings. Are you with me? We have our free will to make choices. And every choice we make has an implication. Am I talking to somebody? Every choice has an implication. So the choice that man made was to disobey God. And that unleashed sicknesses, diseases, and death onto the earth. Amen. And God in his infinite wisdom knew that because of this, God has to come up with another plan. Amen. God had to come up with a plan for the salvation of man. God had to come up with a plan to, to bring man back to the place of authority, back to the place of Eden, where man had just fallen from. Hallelujah. And so, God said, in his love, for God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he sent his only begotten, that whosoever will believe in him will not go through the punishment of this act. The Bible says, by, by one man's disobedience, sin and death entered into the world. And by another man's obedience, 
life, eternal life, justification comes about if we have faith in him. Amen. Or am I talking to somebody? Anyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus was sent. Bible says that for God commended his love towards us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ came onto the earth with one purpose, to die to pay the price for our sins. Amen. So he knew that he was going to die. In John chapter 2 verse 19, he said that Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Destroy this temple, destroy this body and in three days I will raise it up. In Matthew chapter 12 verse 39 to 30 to 40, he says that, and Jesus answered and said, an evil and adulterous, adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was the three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Amen. So if there was a plan. The plan was that he was going to be nailed on the cross. He was going to be pierced. He was going to be suffered, uh, scourged. He was going to be whipped. He was going to be beaten. Uh, on Friday, we saw all the places that Jesus released blood and what it implies to us, what the implication of everything. How many remember that the nail prints, that he, when his hand was, was nailed into the tree, his hand was nailed into the tree so we can have the ability to have our goods restored back to us. We have our inheritance. His feet were nailed so that we can have authority to walk in places we never thought possible. A crown of tongues was placed on his head so that we can be liberated. Amen. So we no more are we going to be oppressed in the mind. No more are we going to be depressed. No more are we going to live lives that, that, that brings frustration and stress. He bought all our freedom. So you see, it was not just a common criminal being beaten and being uh, put on the crucifixion. There were criminals in those days that were crucified like Jesus. But for him, his heart was according to the plan. After all, two other uh, criminals were crucified with him. But the significance of Jesus' crucifixion and death was so that the price for our freedom could be purchased. When you go into any shop, or say you go into a farm, and you want to buy a live uh, cattle, live goat, live uh, sheep or something, you have to exchange something for the sheep. Because the sheep belongs to the farmer. Do you understand? The sheep belongs to the farmer. When Adam and Eve sinned, Adam's future, Adam's power, Adam's life, Adam's authority had now been transferred because he bought, Satan bought Adam with the eating of the uh, fruit. So now it belongs to Adam. It belongs to the devil. So now Jesus comes trying to buy the sheep back. And for Jesus to be able to buy the sheep back, 
he has to buy it with something. Are you with me? Just as anybody, you cannot go into a, a, a farmer's uh, uh, place, a farm, and then take, take the sheep. That will be stealing. Am I making sense? You will have to pay for the sheep. As soon as you pay, then the price, then the sheep becomes yours. You can take the sheep home. Am I making sense? So he came to the earth and he paid with his blood. He paid with the piercing that he, he was pierced. He came with the piercing of, of the uh, spear on his side, with the uh, crown of tongues, with the sweat of his brow, brow that was, the, was like blood. All those things were supposed to be the price for your freedom and my freedom. Hallelujah. So he paid the price. Hallelujah. But how many of us know that if Christ had remained in the grave, the transaction won't be complete. After all, there have been other religious leaders. There have been uh, other Confucius. There's been Buddha. There's been uh, Krishna. There's been uh, uh, Muhammad. That have come. All these people professing religion coming up with their own religion. But all these died and remained in the grave. Hallelujah. It is only in Christianity, it is only in Christ that we have a Savior that is risen. So the angel says, the angel says, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is alive. I say he is alive. He is not dead. All other religions serve somebody who died. But our savior, our master, our redeemer, he is alive and he ever lives. Hallelujah. I say he ever lives. Hallelujah. So let's look at what Peter says. First Peter 1, 3 to 9. What Peter says about the resurrection. What a God we have. And how fortunate. I like the message Bible because it makes more sense to me. This one is a bit loaded. So I don't understand when I read the New King James and all that. But what a God we have. Message Bible. And how fortunate we are to have him. This father is our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead. We have given, we have been given a brand new life. Amen. So if he had paid for our price and not risen, we would not have a brand new life. We have forgiveness, but we will still be dead. Hallelujah. We have a brand new life and everything to live for. Hallelujah. Including a future in heaven and the future starts now. The future starts now with the resurrection. The future has begun. Hallelujah. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you will have it all. Life healed and whole. I know how great this makes you feel. Even though you have to put 
up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Christ wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I am God's evidence of victory. Or say like you mean it, I am God's evidence of victory. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing. Because you kept on believing you will get what you are looking forward to. Total salvation. Oh, put your hands together. Hallelujah. In case you didn't understand what we just read, I'll try and break it down for you. He says that because of the resurrection of, of, of Jesus early Sunday morning, because of his resurrection, we can be born again. We can now walk as born again believers. You know, when somebody dies and comes back alive, he is born again. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. When somebody dies and comes back alive, they are now what? Born again. Amen. God has given us the new birth by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He, brought, he has brought with him all those who believe. God, Jesus has risen up with all those who believe. First, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 from 4 to 6, it says that but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved, he had, which he loved us, even when he, we, we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with, Jesus, with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Amen. He has risen and resurrected us. Not by our works. Amen. How many know that nobody can raise themselves from the dead? When you die, you can't resurrect yourself. You would need a power. Or oh, I say you need a power. And that power comes from God himself. Amen. This is why salvation comes according to the mercy through faith. We, are hum we humble ourselves. We cannot be so good to make ourselves righteous. We cannot be so good to resurrect ourselves and make ourselves born again. Amen. Because when you are dead, you are helpless. You need a savior. I say you need a savior. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body, he will quicken you. That spirit that raised Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal body. And you also will rise. And we shall rise with him. Hallelujah. We don't do any good works to end salvation. We don't do any good works to make ourselves acceptable before God. All we need is to have faith in the work that Jesus has done. Amen. 
Just as Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to raise him from the dead. That same spirit, that same power. Somebody say same power. That same power will raise us from the dead if only we believe. In John chapter 1 verse, verse 12, it says that uh, to them who believed, as many as believed, to them he gave power. Are you in John? Who believed? He who, he was, it was he who claimed, am I reading it right? No, 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 message Bible. Go back. But as many as received him to him, he gave the right or the power to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. Hallelujah. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Hallelujah. Our born again status is not by our flesh. It's not by the will of man, but it is God's plan. God knew that the only way to restore man back to the garden, the only way to restore man to the place of fellowship with him was when we come through the born again process, this time through the death of, 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 of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. So we come back anew. Hallelujah. The second thing, because of his resurrection, that's verse 5, we're looking at... Uh, all that I'm saying is in Ephesians. We are looking from 3 to 9. Verse 5 says, Ephesians chapter, Ephesians, no, 1 Peter, sorry. 1 Peter 1, 3. I'm now in verse 5. Because of the resurrection, we are protected by God. Hallelujah. In verse 5, Peter looks at the future and speaks of the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. In, in verse 6, he turns to the present and speaks of, of these Christians as now. Being subject to various trials then. Hallelujah. Where are you? Go back to 1 Peter 1. who are kept in the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time verse 6 in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while if need be you have been grieved by various trials but he is going to protect you even in the how many know that Jesus is still living and he's interceding for you. He's making sure that you are protected. He's, he, 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 he protects your going out and your coming in. Your, 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 your life is in his hand. He has kept you and he keeps you. He, what a savior to, to keep us where we, wherever we go. A thousand fall to the left and ten thousand to the right. Only with our eyes we behold the reward of the wicked. But none will come near our dwelling place. Why? Because he is alive. And he's watching over us. He is watching over us. Hallelujah. He is watching over you and I. That is why it's important for Jesus to be alive. To live for you. To protect you. To watch over your life. Hallelujah. If Jesus was not alive, can you imagine what would become of us? Hallelujah. 
Number three, because of his resurrection, we can survive suffering and trial. In James chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says that, count it all joy when you fall into diverse, no, no, chapter 1, verse 3, count it all joy when you fall into diverse kinds of trials, knowing that, start from two, sorry, start from two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith Work at what? Patience. And let patience have its complete work in you, that you may be perfect and entire or complete, lacking nothing. Hallelujah. You see, so even though we go through trials, the trials is like fire and gold. Gold is normally mixed with all impurities. Rock, earth, it's made with rust, it's made with dirt, it's made with stones, it's made with clay, it's mixed with a lot of things. But when heat is applied, when fire is applied to the, to the gold, the, the, even though it looks like you are punishing the gold, but no, you are making the gold brighter. You are making the gold brighter because all impurities are being bent of it. Everything, weight and sin, everything that is on the, on the gold, that is not making it shine, is eradicated by fire. Am I talking to somebody? So you see, when we are going through trials, it is not that God has abandoned us. It's not that God has forsaken us, but he's working on us. Somebody say, God is working on me. Oh, say it like you mean it. God is working on me. Through my suffering, he is going to make sure I come out better than I went in. I will come out better than I went in. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I believe that I'm going to come out better than I went in. Ah, I'm going to come out much better. Amen. You know, when I look at the disciples, all 12 of them, apart from John, the youngest one, all of them died gruesome deaths. They were bald in oil. They were crucified upside down. They were uh, torn into pieces. They were beheaded. And all, all of them, all uh, uh, apart from two, uh, Judas took his own life. And uh, John was abandoned in the Isle of Patmos alone. And he died of old age. He was the only person. But you see, the Bible says all these things. Look how beautiful our lives are as a result of these guys and the sufferings they went through. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Look how beautiful, we, how rich we are to know the word of God. Because they left a legacy. They left the word of God for you and I to live by. Amen. Because of the resurrection, number four, because of the resurrection, we love and believe. Verse 8. Because of the resurrection, we have love and we have faith in God. Our love and belief in Christ, even though we do not see him, is real. Think about it. We haven't seen him. We haven't sat with him. But we believe in him. And we love him. Why? Because he's alive. 
You don't need to see Jesus to experience him. Oh, did you, did you hear what I said? How many know you don't need to experience the wind to feel the wind? You just have to go outside. And the wind will tell you that, hey, I'm here. When it's winter and you feel that it's a normal day, you don't put on any vest, you don't put on a jacket and you go out. The wind will introduce itself to you. Isn't that true? We don't, it's not, it's people say in the world, seeing is believing. That is not true. We don't see winter, but when winter comes, nobody has to advise us to put on jackets. Am I making sense? We haven't seen Jesus, but we feel. We feel him, that he's here. Just this morning, as soon as I walked in, a sister just gave me a testimony. Pastor, on Friday, I felt something in my back as we were praying. The pain just left. And then my knee, I wasn't even thinking about my knee. My knee always gives me a problem, and then my knee is healed. We have a risen Savior. At the mention of his name, every knee bows. The knee of pain goes. The knee of diseases leaves and disappears. Hallelujah. The resurrection brings us even more love for the Savior. Number five, because of the resurrection, we rejoice with joy. Hallelujah. The whole world has come to a standstill this morning, and we are rejoicing in the work of salvation. We are rejoicing in the plan of salvation. Oh, what a savior. Oh, I say, oh, what a savior. Number six, because of the resurrection, we have obtained salvation. Being born again is different from salvation. Amen. We have salvation. Salvation is what? Being saved from the price of sin. Amen. You can be born again and still have to pay the penalty for your sin. But salvation means as if you had not sinned. Hallelujah. So when we, we become saved, the Bible says anyone who is born anew in Christ Jesus, anyone who comes to God, all things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. It becomes new because the price for our past misdeeds have been remitted of us. So it's as if we never sinned. God sees us through the eyes of righteousness. Amen. And he gives us this boldness to stand before him and make intercession, to make discussions with him. Amen. Do you know that no, uh, um, what's it called? No criminal who is on trial can speak to the judge directly. How many know that? You are not allowed as a criminal to speak to the judge because your sins are before you, so the judge cannot hear you. You need an advocate. Are you with me? But when you become saved, when you are, when you are, your, your sins have been expunged and you are declared not guilty, the judge gives you the audience to stand and give your comments. That is why when you go to any, any court, when they declare the people not guilty, before they leave, the judge will ask the person, stand, if you have anything to say, say it. Because now they can be heard. Why? Because now they are walking in salvation. 
Am I making sense? Now they are working salvation, so they are allowed to speak. Now you and I are allowed to speak in the presence of principalities, in the presence of, of powers, in the presence of demons, in the presence of angels, in the presence of God. We are allowed to speak. We have a voice. Hallelujah. Because of our salvation, we have a voice. Thank God for the resurrection. I say thank God for the resurrection. Hallelujah. That has given us a voice. Number seven, because of the resurrection, we have an intercessor. Somebody say, I have an advocate. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 to 27, it says that therefore, he also is, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once and for all when he offered up himself. Amen. When Jesus went to the cross and descended into the, uh, the grave, the Bible said he took captivity captive. He took captive death and hell. Oh, you didn't hear that. I say he took captive death and hell. When he went on the cross and died, he went into hell and he took hold of death and he took hold of hell. Those are the two powers that man is afraid of the most because those are the two end, end of everything, end judgment, death and hell. So Jesus said, do not be afraid of the one that can kill this body. But be afraid of the one that is not only able to kill this body, but to send this body to hell. But when Jesus went into the depths of hell, he took captivity captive, taking out death, taking out hell. Amen. So now for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. If I live in this flesh, it's profitable to me. If I die, it is profitable to me. Why? Because death and hell has been captured by Jesus Christ. He, he, he rose with all glory. I say he ascended with all glory. After taking and making a public show of, of Satan and, his, and, and all his cohorts, he, he, made a, a, he disgraced them, disarmed them. So now Satan has no more power over us. I say Satan has no more power over you. Satan has no more power. Sickness has no more power over you. Death has no more power over you. Why? Because he has taken it away from Satan. Amen. Number eight, because of the resurrection of Jesus, we also have a hope. I say we also have a hope. In Romans chapter 8 verse 11, but if the spirit which raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from death will also give you life. Amen. Give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Amen. That same spirit, the hope is that when I die, 
To be absent in this body is to be present with the Lord. Because as soon as I die, he comes and takes me. Because, you see, man is a spirit. He has a soul and he dwells. He's renting this earth. This earth. This earth is a house. So you are not the skin. You are not this hair. Those of you who pride in your skin and your hair texture and your color of your eyes is just a rented thing. Amen. It's just a rented building. The real you is inside. And the day you die, that minute you die, that real you comes out of that rented accommodation that goes back to the earth. Amen. And you rise, you rise up and your destination is determined. Either you are saved, born again, to be present with God or to be condemned into eternal death. Hallelujah. It's a choice. As many as believed and had faith, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Oh, what a savior. Oh, I said, oh, what a savior. He has not only saved me, but he has given me a future. He has given me a hope. I, am, I have a hope. I have a future. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid because I know where my destination is. I know where my end is. I know that to be absent with this body is to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the benefit of salvation. Jesus left the altar. He, 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 he rose up and he was seen. The Bible says he was seen first of the twelve. And then of the other disciples. And then of 500 people at one time. In the same way, when I rise up from the dead, just as Jesus was seen, I will be seen. So, you see, in heaven you will see. You will see yourself. You will see. I'll see. I'll see you. I said, I'll see you in heaven. I said, I will see you. Yeah. And when I see you, I recognize you. You recognize me. Hallelujah. But if you are not born again, you haven't been, you haven't bought the ticket, you will not make it. You need salvation. Hallelujah. So make sure that before we leave here this afternoon, you buy your ticket. You confirm your visa to heaven. Oh, yeah, I, didn't, I don't think you heard what I said. Yeah. Hallelujah. Make sure, make sure. I remember once I went to, uh, I, was, I was traveling. You know, I have this bad habit. I close with this. I have this bad habit. I don't like sitting around airports. Unlike my wife, if the uh, check-in time is... Um, Two hours before, I'll go maybe 45, 45 minutes before gate closes. Because I don't like to check in and then go and sit in the departure lounge and, you know, read, you know, sit and face, you know, face me, I face you. Somebody sitting, there's a row of chairs here, people are sitting, you two are sitting here, they are looking at you in the face, you are looking at them. I don't enjoy those things. So I always like to leave it to the very last minute. And you know, the danger of that is that you are likely to miss your flight. 
And countless number of times I've missed my flight. I can't tell you how many times I've missed my flight. <laughs> I remember once I missed my flight. And I was going to Australia and I missed my flight. And just as the, the, they closed the, the boarding gate, I was running, I was running, I was running. I, I, I was running and I saw uh, as I was seeing the gate closed. I mean, I was like, from here to where the door is. And I was screaming as the door was closing. When the door closed, they said, oh, there is another flight out in an hour. So I was like, okay, can you put me in that flight? On that flight? And they said, you don't have the ticket for it. And I didn't want to go home. Because it was more stressful. It would be more stressful at home than it would be dealing with the... Because I had missed so many flights and I had been warned that this time if you miss, don't come here. Hallelujah. And that day I understood without salvation, it would be very sad. I said, listen, I was in the airport. I was, I just, I just, uh, 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 I was late getting from here to the boarding gate. I said, no. It is, we shall all appear before the judgment seat. And those whose names are found in the book of life, those who are confirmed, those who have their ticket and have their visa, they are the ones who go through the boarding gate. Those who don't have their ticket or those who missed the flight cannot go. So even though there was another flight in an hour and I was early this time, I was not on that flight. I had to wait a whole day to get onto... Meanwhile, there was a program. There was a, a, a convention that my, my face was on, that the pastor is coming to preach. I was supposed to preach that evening in Australia. And I was in South Africa <laughs> because I missed my flight. Hallelujah. May you never miss your flight to, to heaven. Hallelujah. I say, may you never miss your flight to heaven. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14, about knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Hallelujah. 